the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network presents Vatican Insider with Joan Lewis. Each week, Joan brings you news from inside the Vatican and the church around the world, as well as interviews and answers to your questions. Now, here's the host of Vatican Insider, Joan Lewis. Well, here we are again, and I have some very special guests this week on Vatican Insider, and they are an integral part of the amazing crowd-funded and enormously popular TV series, The Chosen. So with me today are Dallas Jenkins, he's producer, director, and writer, and Neil Harmon. Neil is the CEO of Angel Studios, and they're described as the leading alternative to Hollywood telling stories that amplify light. And boy, do we need light today in the darkness. So both of you, welcome to Vatican Insider. Thank you so much for having us. Appreciate it. Thank you, John. Now, Dallas, how did you and Neil meet and end up corroborating on The Chosen? So I had done a short film for my church's Christmas Eve service about the birth of Christ from the perspective of the shepherds. And while I was making that short film, I had the idea that there's never been a multi-season show about the life of Christ that allows you to take the time to really explore the characters. And that's what I was able to do in the short film. So long story short, a mutual friend of ours gave the short film to Neil, and uh, Angel Studios at the time was looking for new content that could build their streaming platform, and when he saw the short film, I think, I mean, he can speak for himself, but he, he told me that it really resonated strongly in his heart. They heard my idea for the show, and they said, uh, we'd like to be involved. I got really excited, and then they said, uh, we think we should raise the money through crowdfunding, and I got really depressed, because I thought <laughs> crowdfunding never works, uh, and certainly wouldn't work for a show like this, but uh, Neil and his brother Jeffrey uh, just had a vision for where this show could go and how this could, uh, how the money could be raised, a vision that I didn't personally have um, at the time, and uh, that's kind of how we came together for this. Well, Neil, I want you to tell me something about Angel Studios, and then obviously, you know, amplify, uh, if you need to, anything that uh, Dallas said. So Dallas mentioned that uh, he was depressed about the crowdfunding. A year later, he was really pleased with the, with the crowdfunding, and we named the company after those people who backed The Chosen and people who back other media that we call them the Angels. Oh. So angel.com... You can go there and you can support any show. And we believe that the audience will be able to make better decisions about the media that the world needs than a few executives in Hollywood. And so the audience gets to choose which shows get made and they fund the shows and they back the shows and they make it so they partner, they partner with the creator to make it happen. And uh, the result of The Chosen is truly a special and historic um, TV show that I think will be enjoyed for generations. So, so you say this uh, should be crowdfunded, and if you were saying that to me, I would say, well, what is crowdfunding? I mean, how do you begin crowdfunding for a new adventure? A creator can go to angel.com and they can apply. Oh, I mean, in this specific case, then for for the the chosen, the the chosen. Oh, how do the chosen begin? Crowdfunding? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, like Dallas mentioned, he made this uh, short film, The Shepherd, for his Christmas Eve service, and we posted The Shepherd on um, Facebook and on YouTube and on our streaming service, and then at the end of The Shepherd, 
Dallas invited people to participate and to become co-creators in making The Chosen. And he, he offered to them the ability to actually be shareholders. So it's a, The Chosen is a, is a company. And there are 19, almost 19,000 people who own that company alongside of Dallas and, and his founding team. And uh, so when they invest, when they back The Chosen, they become investors, they become shareholders in that project, and they, they have a vested interest in its success. And uh, those funds are what made the season one of The Chosen possible. So I want to become, in any way that I can, I want to become an investor, I want to become an angel. Um, what's my first step? You can support any project right now at angel.com. There's oh, lots of media okay. projects, and you can go there and you can support any project that you want to get behind. The Chosen is not currently accepting any more investors. They've had the support that they need, and and um, wow. the the licensing fees and the people who are paying it forward for other people to see it throughout the world are funding future seasons. And so, oh. um, so that's a, that's a key point is yeah. that if you if you want to support the Chosen, oh yeah, the way to actually. Like so, as you've experienced, because I know you've seen several of the episodes, it's totally free. So, how do we do future seasons if we're not taking on new investment and if the show is free? Right. Well, that's because we give people the option to pay it forward, so they don't have to buy the show if they don't want to, and we don't force them to do anything. But we say, if you want to see future seasons, if you want the show to continue to be free for people all over the world, you can pay it forward. And so, every day, thousands of people will actually pay for the show um, voluntarily yeah. um, to, just because they are so passionate about it. So if you wanted to just back The Chosen, uh, you could do so by paying it forward. But if you think, I want to actually become an investor in other new projects and see them get off the ground, that's what he's referring to okay. at Angel.com. So there's two ways, two ways to do that and become involved, be, have an invested um, interest. Yes. Now, do, uh, do some people feel they have a right also to let you know their thought on something, uh, their opinion, or... I just, uh, I got two thank you notes on Sunday, because I've paid it forward multiple times, and uh, two people, I think one was from uh, Brazil, and I forget what the other one was, they wrote thank you notes, and the app, when you pay it forward, tracks your funds actually helping it reach new people, Okay. and when those people are grateful to be able to watch the show, they can they can make a thank you note. And then uh, I, having paid it forward, I get to experience this and um, people thanking me in multiple languages for having made it possible for them to watch the show. Oh, that's one thing I haven't mentioned, how many languages that The Chosen is in. And when, when I went on the app, there was a point where it said something about languages. You clicked on that and then you could choose. One day I accidentally hit Arabic, you know. And I mean, I know a little Arabic, but I can't follow The Chosen in, in Arabic. Is it in Aramaic? Yes. I mean, it's in no. Arabic. Arabic. Arabic, but not Aramaic. Uh, yeah. the, is, are there subtitles in Aramaic? No. There are. Okay. Because yeah. Aramaic is not a commonly spoken language today. No. So, no. Yeah. But um, to your question about investors, because they've invested, they think they should have a say yeah, or they okay. should contribute uh, their opinions. We get opinions from everybody in the world, not just investors. People are more than happy to tell us when they disagree with something. Oh, sure. But uh, the investors knew going into it that they didn't have the 
like a voting opportunity to say, oh, this is what you, I demand you change about the show. Um, they don't have that opportunity. However, because I want them to be happy with the show, because I want people to continue to pay it forward, we welcome their, their feedback. The really great thing about this is it has been extraordinary how few in original investors have expressed disappointment in anything. Because when they invested, they did all they saw was this little short film that I did. And we've now done 16 episodes. Sure. And their response to the show and how much they love it and how thrilled they are with it has really been extraordinary because um, you know, I didn't I didn't set out when I made the show to think like they, they, they didn't know going into it that they were gonna love it like they did. So that's been really cool to watch. Well you've made me kind of, uh, kind of go on to a question another question I had for uh, both of you. Thank you, Dallas. And most of the stories, parables, miracles, and the well-known are well-known ones from the New Testament. And yet, you expand on them. So the one entire 45-minute episode will be, you know, wedding at Cana. You expand on them, on conversations, and on circumstances. So how do you do that and remain faithful to the Bible story, which will be a lot shorter? It wouldn't be a 45-minute yeah, no, that's a great question. So, yeah, most of the Bible stories that we talk about all the time and our famous Bible stories, we forget that many of them are three verses, four verses long. Yeah, exactly. And you go, wow, there's all we know is, uh, for example, the wedding at Cana, we know about this brief conversation between Mother Mary and Jesus. We know that the guests ran out of wine. We know that Jesus changed the water into wine and that the wedding um, host of the, of the ceremony said that the, it was the best wine that he'd had and that typically was reserved for the for the end of the day, the good wine, but now it's it's been, uh, the, the good wine has been... Uh, the also good wine is usually start At the beginning, at yes. The beginning. And then he said the good wine is now, uh, they saved the best for last. And that's more information than most stories in the Bible. Right. That, <laughs> right. right. And so we're doing a whole episode sure. about it. So um, what we do, we start with the Bible story and we don't want to change anything that's in that Bible story. Um, but... We work our way backwards. Okay, what are some circumstances historically, circumstances culturally, and then just human behavior that we know would would have you know potentially taken place with these people um, that we can build a backstory and build some circumstances around it to make the climax of this story even more impactful for people and make for good television. The Gospels weren't written to be good television. They were written yeah. to kind of be the greatest hits of Jesus' life sure. to show that he's the Messiah. So we're trying to make a good TV show, and that requires a beginning, a middle, and an end. It requires the before, who these people were before they encountered Christ. So uh, because I love the Bible, and because I believe in Jesus as the Messiah, you're not going to see contradictions from the character and intentions of Jesus in the Gospels. You're going to see backstories that, yes, are invented, but they're invented with the desire of uh, filling in some of the gaps in the stories in a way of enhancing your love of Scripture, sure. wanting you to bring to, to love Scripture even more, to love Jesus even more. So that's why people who maybe at the beginning are concerned when they hear, wait a minute, you're adding to, to the Bible? That's a little dangerous. And I say, yes, it is dangerous. But because I love the Bible so much, I believe people end up watching the show and thinking, okay, good, this doesn't feel at all contradictory. But go back to the wedding at Cana, what I love, the story of, I can't remember her name, but there's the girl and, and, and the man who are going to bring the wine. They're filling the cart yes. with the wine. And do they have enough and will the jugs break? And I'm really worried mm. about the jugs breaking en route. And then we're, 
and then we'll only have two left, and that you know. So he was already worried about them having enough wine. Yeah, exactly. And then then they get to the you know to the house where the wedding will take place, and and the rest is known is known to us. But that was kind of cute to bring in because she had a winery. Right. She was the daughter of a, a, a yeah. vineyard owner. Yeah. And, so, well, and we also made that man Thomas. You know the that's the, right, Thomas. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, who becomes yeah. of course a disciple of Jesus. Now, of course, it's not in the Bible that Thomas was the person who provided the the, the meal and the wine at the wedding. Right. But we thought that's a really interesting way for us to introduce a little bit of what people know as doubting Thomas, but to show some of his concerns, but to see him transformed by seeing this miracle. And we thought that was just a really interesting way to bring Thomas into the group. Of but you didn't expand on any story, so that God sent thunderbolts down, and right. and you knew that was the wrong expansion. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? We we really don't want yeah. to ever contradict. Well, it has to be plausible, right? You just said the word that we always say. That's literally that's so great. Um, the number one word that we use as we're writing is "Is this plausible?" And that's true both physically, both historically, and spiritually. If I might interject here, the reason that I connected with uh, The Chosen so much in the beginning is because I grew up in a farm community in Idaho. And when I saw the birth of Christ through the eyes of that shepherd who was ostracized by his own and by everyone around him, he he was poor. He was poor, and I grew up poor, and he was working, and he was raising a a lamb and I raised a little calf when I was young. When I saw that wow. happen, it hit me so deeply that I was there for Christ's birth. I was literally there for that moment. And um, it didn't matter that it was just a plausible story. It represented my story. And so I felt that I was there with Jesus when he was born. And isn't that something that's very Catholic in the whole Ignatian yes. idea, which I hadn't heard before, but as an evangelical, I've had all these Catholic priests say, the chosen is very Ignatian, and the whole idea of imagining yourself there when you read the scriptures. Well, and I wrote on my blog last night, I said, you are there, you're in Samaria, yeah. you're in Jerusalem, and, and or, or else I'm in a room. I'm, I'm not with Mary Magdalene, but I was able to look in a spy hole in a... So I, I'm an observer, a silent, hidden observer. And then other times I'm with people. I'm, a, I'm one of the guests at the wedding. I just, they bring you, you, bring us into it. It's just a, a, an amazing experience. He was a doctor of the church and one of the most famous saints of all time. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Augustine is honored for his immense contributions to theology, but he balanced his genius with humility. Once declared it was pride that changed angels into devils, it is humility that makes men as angels. He died in 461. To find out more, visit EWTN.com and click on Catholicism. The featured item on EWTNRC.com this month is the New England Pewter Rosary with Pastel Heart Beads. Perfect for Valentine's Day and designed exclusively for EWTN, its pearlescent multicolor glass beads reflect our love of Mary, the Holy Mother of God, and honor her on her January feast day. To order, go to EWTNRC.com and search for item number 1075M. EWTN. 
teaching the truth. I had called in, I think, a month or so ago, and I had told you guys I was in my RCIA program, and I had wondered about what I could do more to get more involved with the church and such. Well, Saturday, I am finally having my confirmation, and I wanted to thank you guys for giving me all the information and having your program on here that has helped me so much. I cannot tell you enough how much it has helped me. Welcome back to Vatican Insider. Here's Joan Lewis. Welcome back to Vatican Insider and part two of my conversation with Dallas Jenkins, writer, producer, and director of The Chosen, and Neil Harmon, CEO of Angel Studios, distributor of this TV miniseries on the life of Jesus. How does The Chosen differ from any other long movie extravaganza that has been made on the life of Jesus? Yeah. Well, I've seen almost all of the Jesus movies and miniseries that have been made. And in my, in my opinion, The Chosen, for me, is in many ways a response to those. One of the problems that I saw in all of those movies was that because you're, only, you're trying to tell the story of Jesus in just a couple of hours, you rush it. It goes from miracle to miracle, Bible verse to Bible verse. You never get to know any of the people who encountered Jesus you don't get to know the disciples very well. You might see a little bit more of Peter. You might see a little bit more of Judas. But the other ten disciples are all one. They all just look and sound the same. You don't get to know any of their personalities. And because of that, I feel, I feel like the impact of the changed lives is less. Because you don't know what happened before. And you don't even see what happened after. It's just through Jesus' eyes, this moment where he goes and he heals somebody or changes someone's life, but it's not very impactful because you can't really relate because you don't know anything about them. So what I think separates The Chosen from those projects, which, again, many of those projects, I'm not saying anything negative about. They're wonderful. No, of course not. But by doing a multi-season show, you have the time to develop these storylines, and I believe that allows you to identify with these characters yourself. And That's my most, re- for me, the most remarkable thing. I think I've seen six episodes of season one. Uh, has been character development. I mean, Peter. And as I said earlier, Matthew, give me a break, Matthew. You know? <laughs> and I will send you the definition of creepy. <laughs> yeah, because in your other conversation with Jonathan, you mentioned uh, yeah, Matthew was creepy at first. He, he really... He yeah. really he well, we really portray Matthew as someone who had a lot of unique quirks and even some... Yeah, that's uh, a great word. Yeah, yeah even some, like, some mental uh, deficiencies. But... We do that in a way that hasn't been done in a Bible show before. You just normally don't see those kinds of human. But you touches. watch him grow, and you see That's him grow. Thing. Yes, you and really so for, for I think for people who meet Matthew at first are thinking this guy's really weird. He's unique and <laughs> unlikable because he's a text. And he seems so uncertain at points about himself. And then he has to have his little protector, his Roman protector, or right. you know. Well, I think the reason is is because. He is someone who, when we when when we meet him, we we say in the Bible, we see in the Bible that Jesus walked past his tax collector booth, said, "Follow me," and Matthew immediately dropped everything and followed him. Yeah. Well, we took that story and thought, what would cause someone who was a tax collector, hated by the Jews for being betrayers of their people, he chose a profession that betrayed his people. So, what would cause him so quickly to give it all up, especially when he was wealthy? Yeah. So. Well, you see Matthew in those first six episodes, and you're about to watch episode seven, which I believe is one of the most joyous episodes of the entire show. So I'm looking forward to hearing your response to that, because that's when Jesus calls Matthew. 
And but in these first six episodes, I believe you're seeing the progress that would cause a tax collector to be open yeah. to Jesus. No, the the character development is even more important than a plot development. You don't have a plot without characters. Correct. You know. Now my last question has nothing to do with uh, parables or miracles or characters. Tell me about the amazing construction of the New Jerusalem of all the movie sets in Utah and Texas. Is that right? Yes. So um, I'll speak to Texas and Neil can speak to Utah. Great. Um, Texas is what we're building now. Uh, in fact, I just moved there a few weeks ago from Illinois because it's worth setting Where up. Where in Illinois? Uh, the suburbs born, of Chicago. So. I was born and raised in Oak Park. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've, I've been living in Elgin for the last uh, gotcha. 10 yeah. years, and I was born and raised in Zion, Wheaton, uh, Fairfield, sure. a few places. So, yeah, I've been to Oak Park. But um, we just moved to Texas because we're building a permanent home there. There's a huge campground uh, a little bit outside of Dallas, Texas, owned by the Salvation Army. And it looks like Israel land. I mean, it's very uh, barren and, and desolate in, in some places. And we are building a soundstage and building first century sets there. And that's where we filmed half of season two. But one of the great things about season two is that we were given the opportunity to film in Utah. And Neil, who's from Utah, uh, can speak to, to the set that we were able to, to use there. Wow. Yeah, I haven't been to Utah in a lot of years. So about... An hour and 40 minutes out of Salt Lake City. It's, there's a place called Goshen, Utah, and they've done a recreation of uh, Jerusalem to, to... Oh, it's there in yes, Utah, yes, Jerusalem. Yes, oh. yes. So, um, and the, the set has been there for 10 years, um, but it's never been, it had never been used by a uh, studio um, previously, and... We knew about the set because we live in Utah and our company's based in Utah, and we asked for permission to use the set and didn't receive permission, and we asked again, and we didn't, and we asked again, and we didn't, and COVID hit, and there wasn't a place for The Chosen to film, and through a string of miracles of people coming in to the picture to help us just following Dallas... Um, when he was in on his on his, a farm where he had originally filmed the shepherd and asked for prayer from others, those prayers changed no's into yes, and um, and and later that year we were filming season two of the chosen in 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 a beautiful recreation wow. of Jerusalem and 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 parts of the set can be used for other settings. You used it for Samaria as well, um, but it's just. It really adds to the show. And the set, I remember when Dallas and I went to it, Dallas, because Dallas had seen, uh, we had shown him videos of that had been produced previously on that set. And he said, when he came to see the set, he said, those videos don't do this set justice. Wow. I am so happy that if I get the chance to film here that I can do this set. Wow. Um, what, it's, what, it, what it's capable of doing. Wow. No, I learned about that. Uh, somebody had said it was filmed in the Holy Land, then I learned the truth. <laughs> of course, that's and the other, the other Holy Land of, uh, you know, Texas and Utah. Yeah. So, now I know you both have, uh, I believe you both have further appointments for interviews, but can I just have a, just a closing remark on, on your feelings about the success 
of, of the chosen, Dallas, especially as certainly as a writer. Yeah, I, I really didn't set out with any goals or predictions about success. God took all of that away from me several years ago, and I truly got to a place where I didn't care about the success or failure of my ventures as long as I was pleasing God. And when you get to that place, it really becomes a superpower where you really just are focused on, if I can please God, if I'm, if the five loaves and two fishes that I give to God are deemed acceptable, then what he does with them is up to him. And if he wants to feed the 5,000, that's great, but that's not my, my role. Now that the, the show is having the success that it is, and we're, I'm here in Rome and I'm seeing fans of the show from all over the world who are um, expressing their gratitude to us, it's very meaningful and impactful, and I love seeing that Jesus is being made known to people all over the world. And I love, again, as an evangelical, seeing Catholic brothers and sisters love the same show that I'm doing and, and we love the same Jesus. Um, but the, the success of it, the fact that it's, it's when you, from a worldly perspective, it's being deemed a success, um, it really doesn't matter to me. I really care just about the people who are getting to know Jesus better because of yeah. it. So it's, it's fun. But it's not what motivates me. So the success, it's not so much as a movie as who it impacts, and it's impacting lots of people. Yes, the numbers, the, yeah. the numbers are, represent for me um, solely people who are encountering Jesus. They don't represent for me anything financial yeah. or anything um, artistically successful. Uh, I used to care about that. I just don't care about that anymore. Yeah. I just want to please God. How wonderful. And Neil? When... Um, Season one came out. I, um, I had a, I think a fifteen or sixteen year old daughter at the time who wasn't was pretty frustrated with church, and um, and she wasn't interested in watching The Chosen. But she sat down one evening and her older brother watched it with her, and uh, she watched episode three, which you watched with the children and. I remember her coming in and I said, what'd you think? And she just looked at me with this hopeful look in her eyes. And she wow. said, do you think Jesus could have been that way? She was just so hopeful. And when I saw that look in her eyes, I said, Something this was worth it. This, yeah. was, this was worth everything that we put into this. Wow. Well, I want to thank you too for your time. You've had an amazing schedule in Rome having to put up with the heat, but at least we're in some air conditioning temporarily. Yes. So I want to thank Dal uh, Dallas Jenkins, I said earlier, producer, director, and writer for The Chosen, and Neil Harmon of Angel Studios. So, And I'll have more information on my web, folks, of sites to go, the YouTube page, the app, and everything else. So, So stay tuned, but go see The Chosen. For more information on these stories or to check out Joan's blog and to ask her a question, go to EWTN.com. That's EWTN.com. Thanks for listening to Vatican Insider on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.